0: welcome to As It Comes, life from a musician's point of view. I'm Davina, I'm a freelance cellist based in London and spring is slowly emerging here in the UK, a lot slower than last year when we were in the early days of the pandemic and we thought oh this isn't so bad when it was balmy and sunny. I don't know about you but I'm still freezing. I want my vegetables to grow but I'm scared that we're going to get killed by frost. Anyway, you're probably not here to listen to me talk about my gardening woes. Jumping right in today, my guest for this episode is Norwegian trumpet player Tina Ting-Halseth. I loved chatting to Tina a few weeks ago. We had a very light-hearted and jovial conversation about what Tina's been up to during the pandemic, the struggle to keep motivated during this time, being a grown-up, and some interesting things about Norwegian music and the language that I didn't know about before. Here's my chat with Tina. welcome to the podcast thank you so much for joining me here today thank
1: you for thank you for having me
0: <laughs> so you're in Norway at the moment is that right
1: I am yes
0: yeah. whereabouts in Norway
1: in Oslo that's where I live and where I'm from yeah mm-hmm. so it's it's uh, my hometown
0: yeah. yeah nice nice place to yeah. be I have to say I've been to many different places in Norway but I haven't been to Oslo well where have you been this is going to sound quite random but I've played in a string quartet on a cruise and so I went to lots of different ports. So I've been to ah, yeah. Stavanger, up to the Lofoten Islands.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful.
0: A few places in up in Svalbard even. Yes. Cool. Some some of the fjords and um ended up in Bergen, but we didn't go to yeah. Oslo, sadly.
1: Yeah, no, no. No, I mean it's the it's the west coast and up to the north. And then I mean all the way to Svalbard that's uh, yeah that's incredible so it's um yeah that's the kind of uh, most scenic mm. yeah touristy places i guess if i mean even i feel like a tourist when i go there yeah, yeah. my husband is actually from bergen so but uh, oslo is is beautiful today it's um very sunny uh starting to get a bit warmer and um you know it's it's a beautiful it's a very small capital Mm-hmm. So yeah. it feels kind of cozy somehow. I think and, uh, I know what you mean,
0: because yeah. I'm from New Zealand. And so there's that a similar sort of feeling of being part of a cosmopolitan city. But also it's, yeah. it's not as sprawling as, say, London, where I am now. And there's that yeah. nice feeling. It's of... very
1: different from yeah. London. Yeah. yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. You, you must feel very lucky to have been spending the last year in Oslo, your hometown, where you're from I look on to New Zealand and envy over the last year but you know I'm happy here obviously how have you been finding the past year obviously it's been a year now
1: you know what's been the most challenging thing for you it's so strange that it's been a year yeah now these things are normal you know like you you watch a movie and if people are very close to each other and hugging it's like Oh my God, Uh, (laughs) they're too close. And I'm thinking, oh, well, it's actually, uh, it's how we live now, you know, it's uh, with the distance and not meeting too many people. um, Yeah, no, it's been a a very strange year, uh, as it's been for all of us. So, of course, in the very beginning, everything was very uncertain. We didn't know what this was. I remember arriving from the States um, from a tour, like, a week before lockdown kind of started. So and then of course everything got cancelled a month at a time but like in five days everything was cancelled like four months. That's how it felt in advance. And um, it was very hard in the beginning to find motivation. And I've spoken to a lot of my colleagues about this and we all feel the same. You know, suddenly everything stopped. And then it's like, so the reason that I play it's because i like to play for people yeah. so if, if i'm suddenly not going to play somewhere uh, and play something somewhere then i find practicing like motivation to practice really hard because i'm normally i'm not uh, i don't love practicing <laughs> in the first <laughs> place but i do it because i love the result yeah uh, so then if i suddenly don't get the result uh, the carrot you know then yeah. uh, it's harder. So in the beginning, it was quite hard. And my husband is also a musician. So basically, we were just... I mean, he has a steady job here in Oslo, but still, he didn't work either. Yeah. <laughs> so we were just at home all the time. From May, from June, I would say, here in Norway, we had... I actually had a lot of concerts from June to December.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, many concerts here in Norway. The summer was quite mild, you mentioned that, you know, you're finding
0: it difficult to stay motivated to practice, which I yeah. think a lot of people can relate to. You know, what was it like for you at the very beginning? Did you just sort of put the trumpet away or did you did you manage to get it out sometimes? <laughs> what did you do?
1: <laughs> well, of course, when this happened, it was like, okay, now we have to. So what are we going to do now? We were like doing... um kind of a schedule for a week you know like okay we're gonna go for a walk uh, I'm gonna go to this grocery store to buy you know something special that we wanted to cook yeah we had all these goals of course we were gonna start exercising there were so many things that we were gonna start doing when this happened okay now we have to do something and he also plays the trumpet so we're like okay we're gonna practice together to because that's more fun to do the basic stuff um, together and then we're gonna course none of this happened kind of you know so we <laughs> start well the first week we were kind of like because also then like a week into the after it I had this live stream a concert on Facebook so then I had to practice before that one hmm. yeah but then I went uh, many weeks without practicing I'm the same, actually. I mean,
0: I feel like my husband is a musician as well. So I play cello and he plays double bass. And it's really hard to stay motivated unless you have something to work Absolutely. towards I mean the last time we played together before this pandemic was at our wedding when we swapped instruments so I mean yeah. <laughs> you know that's <laughs> I guess that wouldn't really work so much for it's you amazing
1: yeah though that's that's uh yeah it doesn't that's not the same We can swap <laughs> instruments anytime <type. laughs> yeah yeah but it's just it's nice you
0: know as you say when you have a live stream or something coming up and then it does make you realize why we do music and it's to share with other people isn't it
1: Absolutely, and it's it's you know it's different from when you study. Of course, I still have the same goal of wanting to uh, become better at what I do. Of course, <laughs> it's not like I just we always you know want the yeah uh, to evolve and and all of that. But but at the same time, when you study, you have a goal of kind of doing what I do now, kind of. So sure. you're kind of working towards something, and then it's not necessarily towards the concerts all the time. It's just towards getting up to a place and then when you get there and of course yes you still want to evolve but still then you're there so now it's different some people still have the motivation to just like ooh now I'm going to learn this piece because I don't have time otherwise or now I'm going to do all of these practice you know, exercises and you know the the technical things yeah. that we have to well first of all keep in shape yeah. playing wise and also uh, you know they they find this fun but since i don't then of course motivation just then i just want to do other things
0: yeah but that's that's you know fair enough i mean as you mentioned you know you get to this place and due to many many years of hard work and practice and maybe it's just time you know you can just relax when given the opportunity
1: absolutely and i mean i'm 33 uh soon 34 so it's like Apparently, I'm grown up i uh you know there there are other things in life that means uh just as much or more. I like to call the playing the music my job, mm-hmm. but it's a part of my identity, of course, yeah, and who i am and and I would be very sad if I could never play again mm-hmm. uh of course, but at the same time, life is so much more uh, yeah. than just the playing.
0: I think there's so much that we need to take from life outside of the practice room and yeah. you know outside of playing so that we have stories to tell in our music playing. I think absolutely that's something that we need to remember. We're the same age, by the way.
1: <laughs> we are? Oh, well, yeah. that's nice. So apparently we're both grown-ups.
0: We are both grown up. Here. we are both grown ups <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's this funny, I, I don't know if you get this, but I get this sometimes when I go out to work and you get some people who are like, oh, have you just left college? And yeah. then and it's like, no, I left college <laughs> like years ago now. And then I also get other people slightly older than me who say, oh, how many kids have you got? And I'm like, yeah. no, like I'm at this kind of weird limbo stage, I think.
1: It's true. We're in the middle of like the very much uh, family yeah. state, you know, like to have kids. Uh, do you want kids? Uh, yeah. How is that going to work? I feel, well, to be honest, I actually like my age. Yeah, I liked turning 30. Of course, now 34 feels very much older than 33. I don't
0: know why. I think it's because we're coming up to that age where when you're filling out surveys... And you'll yeah. you'll be of the next demographic up Ooh, is very that why? soon. Ah, okay. Well, I, I think you know how it's like. Yeah. Select your age range. It's like eighteen yes. to 26, 26 to thirty
1: four ish, and then it's like whoop,
0: <laughs> thirty five to then fifty. You move <laughs> on.
1: It's like oh my god, yeah, yeah. No, that might be that might be it actually. That it's a uh, different. I mean, you you spoke about um, having time to relax and to stop. I mean, I I feel like a lot of my well, my colleagues and, and close friends who are also traveling musicians, they got this uh, identity crisis uh, when this hit. Mm. I was, well, I don't know if I should call it lucky, but <laughs> I already had that like six years ago when I met a kind of wall that I, and that I had to take time off for mm. almost, well, at least half a year. And so I already had that kind of, you know, why do I play? Do I want to do this? You know, all these kind of things, what would I be without it? Um, And what is important in my life? And So I think I was kind of lucky (laughs) that I already had that because then I could just now, I could actually just relax.
0: Yeah, you you can be at peace with it and uh, you've taken that time already just to assess mentally where you are and is this what I want to be? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so now I could more like actually just enjoy the time with my husband and you know we have some of our very very closest friends that were of course still it's been a bit up and down if you can visit people or not Mm -hmm. or you know it's it's all back and forth now it's actually really really strict because it's going the numbers are going up right now but but yeah so we've I've just more like I have my very closest little circle of people that I would rather just be with them you know they get you through absolutely and that's that's the most important thing in yeah. life, I think. It's the- so
0: funny you say that. Actually, you know how you're saying. Oh, I'm not sure if I should say the word lucky because I I've come across this with the person who rehairs my bow. My yeah bow guy. What do we call yeah.
1: that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I feel like I should know.
1: Maybe a bow guy. I don't know. Yeah,
0: my bow <laughs> guy. And yeah. I I got my bow rehaired back in September, and I asked him, you know, how's your year gone? And he felt so guilty. He was feeling really guilty that. He had actually enjoyed it and had done quite well, you know, yeah. and I feel like there is this feeling that people feel guilty if they say, oh, I've actually had a great pandemic, you know, obviously, because yeah. we're in this climate where people are dying and losing their livelihoods yeah, yeah. and everything. But then, you know, if you're lucky enough to be in that position where you can just mentally take stock of who you are and absolutely enjoy the time that you're in, because the time before the pandemic was pretty hectic for a lot of us, I suppose
1: yeah then you then you kind of you have to stop and then you start enjoying it um but as i mean as you say well well then i've been lucky you know that it's been uh everything you know like uh, everything from people around me have been you know well and and uh financially and all of that it's all fine you know all of these i've been i've been fortunate to to get work here in Norway mm. uh, and a lot of work just done coming up because, uh, well, everyone needs to use the local musicians now, you know, like <laughs> oh. the local soloists and conductors <laughs> and, uh, and luckily the Norwegian orchestras, when yeah. they work, they do that, you know, so suddenly there are new things coming in weeks in advance, you know, it's a very different life than years in advance, which is the normal thing, all in all. I I haven't had any huge worries like that. Mm. Of course, in the beginning, I've and still, if I think about it a lot, then it's very um, uncertain this whole time. It's it's scary in that sense. You know what is this kind of and and of course it's happened now, so it will probably happen again uh, mm. at some point during our lifetime. And you know, then of course we're more prepared, and it might not be as you know severe because this is that's what kind of. It's the strangest thing is that it's the whole world.
0: Mm. Yes. It's
1: like everywhere. It's like everything just stopped. It's like for everyone. It's yeah. very bizarre.
0: Yeah, no matter what profession where they were in the world. I mean, I yeah. remember this this time last year just being able to call my mum or my sister on the other side of the world yeah. in New Zealand, knowing that they'd be home. I mean, that never yes. happened before. And of course, everyone having that in common. Very very strange.
1: And someone also said that in one year now we've done the kind of leap in uh, technical uh, things for like yeah. 10 years like in <laughs> or something, you know, in, in yeah. this that we're doing now on Zoom and, yeah. and businesses doing things.
0: Yeah. And vaccines as well. The fact that they're even able to develop that within a year is just amazing.
1: It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I guess it, it's positive things as well in the middle of everything. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. So um, I wanted to talk to you about your album that's coming out, obviously, which is called yes. Magical Memories.
1: Oh, yeah. We worked on that title. We worked on that title to find <laughs> something that was like capturing what it was. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about your musical journey and your musical upbringing, because I have a feeling that that's probably one of the influences for one of the reasons why you've described it as very personal.
1: I come from a very kind of musical family. We have a very strong wind and brass band tradition here in, in Norway. So my mom and dad played, I mean, they're not professional musicians, but it's their hobby. So basically, I grew up going with them to to rehearsals every one day or whatever, sleeping in the stroller from when I was like three months old or something. You know, like, uh, it was part of me and part of everything that we did in life. I I thought it was completely normal that everyone played an instrument uh, as a hobby, you know? This was, uh, of course. I mean, it's not a very, not a classical music home necessarily, just all genres, Mm. basically. In the wind bands, you kind of play everything. And my mom used to play... Also a lot in like other things like uh in churches and stuff. Uh so that's where the whole like memory of me being on the organ gallery kind of yeah. thing. Drawing or something. You know, this was before iPads, you know, oh, old so. <laughs> compared to that. So I was just drawing or doing, you know, yeah. whatever. Being very close to the organ, feeling the kind of It's very physical, this feeling, to experience an an organ close-up. I mean, of course, it's a lot of sound, but the vibrations and, yeah. And also then with my mom playing. Yeah, it's it's that whole, the memory of childhood. Hmm. Basically, my memory of childhood is is music in it all the time, basically. But, I mean, in the best way. I would say in the best way because they just played because they wanted to, not because they had to, you know? It's the best thing. That's amazing. So yeah. you weren't exposed to like
0: the nerves and all like the uncertainty. Well, not until now. The good reasons for music making.
1: Yeah. So like I, I think so. So it's a lot of those, and and yeah, a lot of the tunes on the album is quite famous tunes here in Norway. Some yeah. of them, and it's music I've, I've well basically, the record label level. They're amazing. I I can just choose. What do you want to do? And yeah. then I chose. What I
0: wanted to do. <laughs> oh, that's the dream, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. really, really the dream. I chose uh small pieces and melodies, tunes that I like. Yeah. Basically. Um nice. and that I have memories uh connected to a lot of the tracks and then also I think uh some of the kind of there are some wedding marches, both some Norwegian traditional ones and then you have the trumpet tune and the trumpet uh, voluntary and the you know the the, the today um, the eurovision theme (laughs) is that really
0: the eurovision theme?
1: it is yeah okay
0: one thing i noticed about the today by charpentier because i saw that you'd released that as a single but did you know that that tune is actually on the grade two syllabus for cello here in the uk i
1: had no idea (laughs) But why not? I mean, I have to say the
0: renditions that I've heard are very different from yours. (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell my students to listen to yours. It's like, this is what we're trying to sound like, even though we're playing cello. (laughs) try to sound like a trumpet.
1: (laughs) But it says something about the tune, you know, it's a nice tune. It's catchy. Yeah, it's the kind of tune. Well, now that I
0: know it's the Eurovision theme, I, I didn't know that at all. I feel like maybe I should have. But I have noticed that with kids. You know, you play them that piece. Okay, we're going to learn this new piece, play it through. And a lot of them will say, I think I've heard that before. And they won't know why. Maybe Eurovision.
1: But it's it's because it's the EBU fanfare kind of thing. So it's before the Vienna uh, New Year's concert. But it's also before the Eurovision Song Contest. It's before, like, it's the beginning of all the... What do you call transmission? Oh, broadcasting. Broadcast yeah. Yeah. from EBU, okay, the European Broadcast Union. So they might have heard it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of places. It's very catchy. Yeah, yeah. So, what's been your favorite piece to record on that mm-hmm. album? Oh, that's a hard one uh, because there are a lot of them. Yeah, but yeah, I di- I really did enjoy some of the more folk, uh, Norwegian kind of folk tunes. Mm-hmm. Some of them that just uh, Kora, the organist, and me just kind of there is a melody, and then the arrangement happens on the spot. It's <laughs> improvised okay. the arrangements yeah. that we did together. We just decided the keys basically and then
0: just went from then there. We went
1: for it. Yeah, I like some of those yes traditional Norwegian ones that, that maybe probably a lot of people don't know. Some of the mm-hmm. tunes that I like that. My hope is that also that people, maybe with some of those tunes, some of those songs will kind of uh, be a part of a situation that kind of creates memories. Because a lot of the music either has been used or works well in like different special occasions in life. Whether it's like funeral or wedding or, you know, whatever. It's like it has the whole emotional range.
0: Yeah, so you're sort of passing it on, aren't you? Because it's like your musical memories of sitting up in the organ loft, and then here you are performing with an organist, and then who knows, someone might listen to this album, and it might be part of their childhood, and then who knows, in in 34 years, (laughs) yeah, there'll be the sequel from (laughs) someone else. Yeah, who knows? So how would you describe Norwegian folk music? I'm completely uninitiated.
1: Well, I think... If you know the when, so the music by Edward Grieg, mm-hmm. basically he uses a lot of folk tunes or a lot of references. The way that he writes, so for us it's very Norwegian. Uh, like Grieg is for some people, you know that's the, that's the music they use on TV if they're gonna show a like fjords and mountains and whatever then it's always Grieg in the background I mean not always but you know it's used a lot and it's it's used in the like commercial for the, the best chocolate in Norway you know <laughs> right. the milk chocolate and it's used in different TV shows and you know it's a lot of Grieg going okay.
0: on. So listen to lots of Grieg get the idea. Well there
1: here, are here. yeah. I mean there's element at least because he's used them mm. but I would say that the folk music is also very fiddle yeah, like the hardanger fiddle that has like more strings. It has like strings. So it has the normal. I think it has. Oh, God, I should know this. Wait, it wait, wait. Eight. What?
0: I'm, I'm going to Google it now.
1: What's it called? Hardanger fiddle. So it's like uh, H-A-R-D-H-N-G-E-R. Hard-d- hardanger
0: fiddle. Fiddle. Okay, let's have a look. Oh it's like it
1: has it has like un- strings underneath as well oh like rings
0: sympathetic strings, I imagine oh yeah, my so it gosh rings when This you one's play. got nine strings
1: yes, nine and strings
0: very ornately decorated, lots Absolutely. of different materials. wow, they're beautiful, okay yes, that's they are really so cool. and
1: that's very like then you can do like different uh, improvisation that's like that's a huge traditional instrument. It's very very Norwegian,
0: sort of fiddle improvisation kind of thing. Yeah, I love that kind of. I yeah. mean,
1: something is a bit like it's not Irish, but it's mm-hmm. kind of in the same. If I would have to describe it, and some of it is a bit, it's a lot of melancholy. It's the kind of scales that they use.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna investigate yeah. that further. I love that, but also because in Sweden they have, I think it's Sweden they have the nickel harper as well, Yes. and that's like a, a like a really big kind of fiddle. It's got like an echoing chamber box, I think as yes. well.
1: So we use that here as well.
0: Oh okay. Yeah. And it seems like they've got millions of strings. I can't yes. keep up.
1: Yeah, no, they have different string like uh I think I think, you know, uh, since Norway Norway was like under Denmark and Sweden and everything. We were in the got independent in nineteen oh five. Kind okay. of so before yeah. that well in the old days it was Norway and um Iceland and everything around was like one big, even though Iceland is far away, but it was the <laughs> same language um, and stuff like that. But, but no, so we've been under Denmark yeah. and Sweden for so many years that some of the traditions are quite the same.
0: And even like the parts of the languages, I imagine, are quite similar too.
1: Yeah, we can talk, well, we should be able to talk together in our language. Really? Yeah, I can talk to and understand. It depends, of course, how... Uh, Some of the words are very different and the way, you know, the pronunciations of people, well, at least Swedish, no problem. There are so many Swedish people here in in Norway. Danish is a a bit of a different way. So, but at the same time, we should be able to understand each other, all of us, the three languages.
0: I have noticed this. When you get like a packet of something, I'm going to use the example of shampoo and on the back, they have all the ingredients in all the different languages. And then they always just have Norwegian slash Danish slash Swedish as if it's like one language. Even though it's yeah. three, so it's like you yeah. can read one and just understand it. That's yes, so cool. But
1: there are some very different words. But I mean, in general, <laughs> it's you should just be able to to speak. I can speak Norwegian, but I mean, if I if I'm in Sweden and I teach, for instance, I will use some Swedish words.
0: So is it more different than say if? An American came here to the UK and spoke American. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's just like a dialect. It's like you with New Zealand dialect. Yeah. So that's, uh, of course, yeah, the Americans, they have some different words, of course, that they use, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's kind of the same. It's the same. So it's very, it's very different, but uh, but, uh, then it's not. I don't know if it's like, I have understood that some of the, like Spanish can kind of understand Italian. Yes. Portuguese.
0: Portuguese people can understand Spanish, I think. Yeah, okay. But maybe not so much the other way around. Yeah, all the related romantic languages.
1: Yeah, but I think in in Norway we are, since our language is kind of like a mix, a little bit of the two, Danish Mm. and Swedish, and it's kind of in the middle, like um, the intonation-wise, you know, like how we speak. So uh, I think we understand Swedish and Danish better than the Danish understand Swedish and the other way around. I would imagine.
0: Yeah, they're on the extremes, yeah. and then you're mm-hmm. kind of in the middle.
1: Yeah, it's ve- the pronunciation, the way they talk is very different. That's cool. And then Finnish is on the whole of the ball game. We understand nothing. Yeah, nothing. they've got
0: their own like linguistic branch. Yeah,
1: yeah no, that's yeah. that's yeah, that's not for us. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't try. Don't try. <laughs> yeah. Don't try it. Nice. Thank you so much for your insights on your album and also telling, enlightening me about, first of all, Eurovision and also just (laughs) Norwegian folk tunes and folk music. Yeah. You may or may not know I have a segment in my podcast called The Wild Card Question Round. Yeah. And this is where you get the opportunity to choose what I ask you next based on three choices.
1: This is very interesting. I'm excited.
0: Good. I'm really glad yeah. that you're excited. It freaks some yeah. people out.
1: <laughs> no, no. I love these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So your first topic is hobbies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Next is travel memories. And the last one is alternate reality.
1: I feel like this is like uh, uh, what is it called? Pointless. You know that 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 um, program. It's like choose. Have you seen Pointless? No, I don't. I thought. <laughs> No, but I just thought you were
0: you were just saying to my this face. I feel like this is pointless. This segment, no, 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 which no, no, it no But have you seen
1: <laughs> the the BBC show? It's we have it here. It's oh, okay, right. But then you get to get three answers from one category. You get to choose categories. This is in the final, and okay. then you have to like give a, an answer that no one else has answered before.
0: Oh yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, okay, I'll check yeah. that out. Yeah, yeah, pointless. no
1: worries. No, no, this is not pointless. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> I no, like no, no. what I
0: like to show in this segment <laughs> is that musicians have lives outside of just music. You know,
1: we do yeah, absolutely. As we mentioned, so before. was it hobbies, travel memories, or what was the last one?
0: Alternate reality.
1: Oh my god, um, I would have to go. Let's go with the the, the last one. Oh, okay. Alternate reality. Brilliant. That sounded interesting. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, if you didn't
1: play the trumpet, what would you play
0: instead? Mm.
1: I would uh, sing.
0: Ah, nice. Well, I
1: kind of sing as well, so maybe that's not a good uh, answer. But yeah, well, then I would be, then my dream, then if I didn't play the trumpet, I would love to be a jazz singer. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I have that, you know, like, uh, I would love to be that, you know. Just
0: so cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, so they're just like, you know, relax and I, you know, and they are, yeah, no, 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 jazz singer. That would be something.
0: Nice, yeah. Who's your yeah. favorite jazz singer?
1: Mm, oh, wow. Well, there are a lot of them. It depends a little bit, like, what type, yeah. you know, like, from when. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Nina Simone.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really
1: love her very, you know, distinct voice different and then of course you have the normal ones you know like the Ella Fitzgerald and but then you have you know like more yeah no it's it's a it's a lot of them I love Ella
0: Fitzgerald she came on the radio recently and I was driving at a time in the morning where I am not usually very awake <laughs> yeah <laughs> she came on and I just felt the corners of my mouth just turn up because I was like yeah oh I love I love this kind of this voice i love the sound
1: absolutely
0: i love what you said earlier about how when you were growing up like it was just normal everyone had an instrument yeah you know because i've definitely felt that but a slightly different way when i was studying and i was hanging out with lots of musician friends and we had this one friend that wasn't a musician at all she was yeah. the flatmate of one of our musician friends so she always came to all the musician parties and stuff and then everyone would just ask her, what instrument do you play? Uh, <laughs> and every <laughs> yeah, <it's> single the- <laughs> time, every single time she w- would come up with a new instrument that she would say. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's like
1: she- bassoon or like... Yeah. They, s-
0: they started off like that, like bassoon or mm-hmm. like whatever. But then she started getting quite adventurous and she'd say, mm-hmm. I play the Clyde." But then people would start talking to her about like Symphony Fantastic and everything. Uh, yeah, And then, of course, she, and then she, she, she wouldn't know what then- to say.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have to be. It's a bit like uh, coming to France or something, and and like if they ask you something and you answer like with almost perfect, it sounds really like you know the language, and then they were just <laughs> back to you, and Uh-oh. it's like no 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: you must sound very convincing in French then.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, just like one sentence, and yeah. then it's all it's all gone, you know.
0: Well. In an alternate reality, I would love to hear you as a jazz singer. <laughs> so thank you so much I for would love that. your answer there.
1: <laughs>
0: Tina, thank you so much for joining me today on the
1: podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Sharing yeah, your stories really about
0: it. you know your time during the pandemic, also the stories behind your album, and also... Um, enlightening us about Norway. So where can people find out more about you and your work?
1: I love Instagram. Yeah. So Instagram, and then it's basically just my name. So it's like, uh, I love that. Uh, sometimes I do it a lot. Depends, you know, what mood I'm in. I love the Insta stories and stuff. And then, of course, I have a Facebook page and stuff like that. But uh, no, Instagram is, and of course, a website and stuff, uh, yeah. you know, for concerts and all of that. But Instagram is actually something I really like. It's very Instant, (laughs)
0: yeah. Oh, funny that, (laughs) yeah. I do like Instagram as well. Of the social media platforms, I prefer Instagram, I think just because it's a bit of fun as well. You know, you can be quite spontaneous. And Facebook nowadays is just getting a bit like serious and a bit shouty. You know, everyone's just like shouting about the same things
1: over and over. I like the stories as well because it's just there and then it disappears. And
0: yeah, you don't have to feel too bad if it's something a bit silly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. No, I I like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Great. Well, we'll check you out on Instagram and keep everyone posted about your upcoming work. But thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Hope you enjoyed my chat with Tina. I wanted to find out more about the Hardanger Fiddle because the hasty Google search during the interview didn't suffice. The Hardanger Fiddle is very closely related to the violin, but with a few marked differences. The number of strings is eight or nine, depending on the instrument. You play four of them with a bow, as you would any stringed instrument, but the extra strings are underneath the fingerboard. You don't play these ones, but they ring in sympathy when you play the other strings, making a very resonant sound. The bridge is flatter than the curved one of the violin and, as a result, means the strings are on more of an even plane, making it easier to play two or three strings at once. Because of this, you hear lots of double stops and drones in Norwegian folk music. Hardanger fiddles are beautifully and ornately decorated, often with the scroll carved to look like the head of a dragon, a lion, or a person staring at you while you play. (laughs) You think about the violin family and the fingerboard is usually just plain ebony, but the fingerboard of the hardanger fiddle, and often the tailpiece too, is decorated with plenty of -of mother-of-pearl inlays. They almost look like frets. After watching a few YouTube videos it looks like the bow technique is much the same as Baroque bow technique, where you sort of have to pull the sound out of the string without using too much pressure. And I found out something fun. In the soundtrack to The Lord of the Rings in The Two Towers and Return of the King, listen out for the theme for Rohan. If you're like me, you might have thought that theme sounds like a violin but a bit different. It is the Hardanger fiddle, used in a non traditional way but still has a very distinctive sound. Anyway, I hope you found that interesting. I wonder if it'll be like that thing where you learn about something and then you see it everywhere. Like, you'll hear me talk about the Harding Fiddle and then it'll pop up in your YouTube feed or in a movie or there'll be randomly one for sale in your Facebook marketplace. Unlikely. It's like when you buy a certain car and then you start seeing the same car everywhere. That's it for today. Special thanks to Rosnagi for my logo and Daniel Elms for my jingle. Huge thanks to Tina for being my guest in this episode, as well as Ruth and Emily at Rebecca Driver Media Relations for their assistance. And as always, thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, you can now support the podcast and buy me a coffee on my coffee page. Link in the show notes get in touch at asitcomespodcast at gmail.com or on the website asitcomes.com where you'll also find all previous episodes and transcripts of the podcast. You can also get in touch with me via Instagram and Facebook where I highly recommend you give me a follow and a like at asitcomespod. Remember to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you to those who've already done so and thanks for continuing to spread the word. Chat to you soon and take good care. Bye! Thank you.